Welcome to Luke and Anna Hellenbronth. Did I get that right? No. That's okay. How do you say it? Hellebronth. Hellebronth. Yeah. Boom. That's like hella, man. Hellebronth. Hellebronth or Hellebronth. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I'm sure you have. And um, <laughs> let me see if I get, to, I, I botched the name, but let me see if I get kind of your current vocation. The most important vocation you have is being new parents of Jesse. Yes. Welcome. Well mm. done to him. Um, also, um, you guys both serve as worship pastors, plural, at Gas Street yeah. Church Correct. in Birmingham. Yep. UK. UK. Not Alabama. Not Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. yeah. They're really similar, yeah, very <laughs> but just slightly different. Yeah. But then also... Um, Luke, you serve with Worship Central, which is basically equipping leaders and churches in the realm of worship. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's a charity um, that was birthed in the UK 2006, really with the dream and vision to equip worship leaders, worship teams in this whole area of worship. Um, so, you know, spiritually, theologically, practically, um, we just saw a huge need for um, training in worship. You know, yeah. uh, pastors would go to seminary or as we call it in the UK, Vicar Factory. Mm -hmm. um, but for worship leaders, you know, often responsible for um, a huge chunk of the worship life, oh, sorry, the life of the church. Yeah. You know, and you think about gatherings on Sundays, worship occupies a huge chunk of, of um, our gatherings. Um, you know, what training uh, and resourcing was was out there for them. So we developed this um, this whole thing around Worship Central and uh, released a course. It's free online for, for worship uh, leaders and teams to do. And then we've got an academy and we run training events and release some music. So, um, yeah. So good. So cool. important. And then both of you are involved in songwriting and producing music as well. Is that mm -hmm. right? That's right. Yeah. We just wow. released an album. I love it. Cheeky little plug there. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Called Motions of Mercy. And um, so, uh, yeah, that's just been a, a great time for us, isn't it? A season mm -hmm. of uh, creating and really documenting through music and lyric. Um, what we feel God's been uh, speaking to us about and so much of good. the songs have come out of the journey of the life of our church and community. I love it. And so. we were here at the Bridgetown Holy Spirit Conference this weekend and yeah. we got mm. to sing some of those songs Ooh, last yes, night. So Looking forward to more of those tonight mm. as well. So the dream and kind of goal and vision behind this was John Mark and I were talking about um, just the what the Holy Spirit has done in us mm -hmm. and in our church in the past five mm -hmm. or so years. We came from a context, both John Mark and I, where we were kind of like closet charismatics. When we first met and he was kind of, you know, feeling me out theologically and who I was to bring me on to help start downtown, he said, hey, you ever speak in tongues? Wow. And I was like, maybe, do you? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, so do I. Oh, you know? So funny. And then, uh, you know, over this journey of really, it was for us, it was matching up uh, what we knew in the scriptures to be mm -hmm. true, what we had experienced a little bit personally. Um, but then how do we kind of align that into mm -hmm. the integrity and the life of the church, mm -hmm. particularly um, Sunday gatherings? What does that even look yeah. like? And you guys have been part of that journey with mm -hmm. us, uh, friends, friends there at HTB. Um, in London and through Alpha, all of those have been just so key in shaping mm -hmm. how we are encountering the Spirit mm -hmm. and how we are leading uh, that into our gatherings. And we just, um, as John Mark and I were talking, we just believe and have um, encountered so many, particularly young leaders mm -hmm. um, here in the States and uh, on the West Coast who are kind of on that same spot that we were maybe a few years ago. Mm -hmm. 
They believe that the Holy Spirit is for today, that he speaks, that he heals, um, that all that kind of charismatic gifts are available today. But they've many coming from a conservative kind of Bible Mm. background, evangelical background, and they don't really have a a form and even um, mentors and guidance. And how do we begin to incorporate this stuff into the life of our church? So the desire of even having you guys here and doing this podcast um, is to just have that conversation and even gearing it towards those other leaders who we believe are out there. Mm. So um, really basic question here. Mm. And even think about now that your parents, if your son Jesse comes to you at some point and he says, hey, you know, dad, mom, who is the Holy Spirit? Mm. What what does he do? What mm. Just at a very basic mm. level, what comes to mind when you think of who is Holy Spirit? What does he do? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, I think... Um, a big shift, I think, in the whole way that you approach this whole stuff is primarily to uh, engage with, to converse with the Holy Spirit as a person. Yeah. You know, rather than a force or a um, cloud. Yeah, cloud or, you know, whatever. And obviously there's a lot of um, pictorial language in the Bible uh, around the Spirit, which is amazing. But I think, you know, uh, Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, um, uh, well, not just a person, but someone, and obviously we know the Holy Spirit, Godhead three in one. Um, But I think the way Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit is so dear, it's so close to him. Um, And, you know, he talks about in John 14 how there's actually going to be someone better than himself. And I mean, just imagine that for a second, that you're with the Savior of the world, you're with the Messiah, you're with this um, person who's just changed everything. Yeah. And he's suggesting that there's someone better than him. You know, and mm-hmm. so I think for me, um, it's really important to engage with who the Holy Spirit is from a like, I want to get to know you. You know, and I love this, just uh, pulling up John 14, um, where Jesus is describing, you know, he's promising the Holy Spirit, and uh, he says at the end of 17, um, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And hmm. I love even that uh, thing around getting to know him, and I think that's been part of our journey in this whole thing is seeing the Holy Spirit less as like something that we need to obtain or have in our meetings or s- something that we need to necessarily sort of integrate into our faith. But actually, no, he's he's here yeah. and he's living in us and um, wanting to relate to us and guide us and help shape what we do in life and all that stuff. So, yeah, that's my kind of outlook on on who the Holy Spirit is. Yeah. I love it. And I mean, that's, that's you've nailed that, babe. Um, but to, just to add to that, you know, that he is a creative, ever moving, ever creating being so Mm. I think that's what I love about doing life with the Holy Spirit is that I keep discovering different parts of him Mm. and it's in me as well you know it's almost like the more I pursue him the more I find myself and in finding myself I find more of him and it's kind of this ever moving thing you know and and, you know we, we write songs a lot and and even that like the Holy Spirit is so creative. So we're now finding him in different expressions and songs and the way music and lyric interact, which is a whole mystery in itself. Like you can't box that at all. 
Um, and so, but that is, that's the spirit of God at work, you know? Yeah. So, mm. um, yeah. so let me ask a question about that for both of you. Yeah. Um, even being around you two leading, it's obvious you two are, you lead differently and you lead in harmony. It's very beautiful. Uh, to see you both together on stage in that space. But tell me a little bit about how you're listening and, in a sense, being led by the Spirit as you're leading mm. us. Mm. Yeah. How does that question. interplay okay. kind of? Um, so I think it's important to say as well, we we really get it wrong, like, a, a lot. And, and I think mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about this podcast today and, and something that Alan Scott, who's, who's speaking at this conference, said, you know, so often... Um, we we say, oh, you know, I don't have the gift of prophecy or I don't have the gift of healing. And he says, well, try the gift of obedience, <laughs> which is like so harsh, but it's so true. And I think um, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit is he's mm. he's because he interacts with us. There is a, it's kind of like um, a very fluttering of a butterfly. Like that's that's a good way to describe his voice and actually part of. The listening is actually taking a risk mm. in obedience to that. Mm. And with risk, you also get it wrong. And that's okay, you yeah. know? Yeah. So um good. So what does it look like for us in in leading? I think um we we love songs and actually the spirit really works through, you know, a really planned set of four songs, absolutely in the way that the melodies are written, all that stuff. But I think what we like to do is also leave space in our sets where we actually just stop for a moment and just allow some space for the spirit to move in a way that he wants to. And, and I suppose in those moments where, yeah, we're just giving space mm. um, away from singing and uh, away from words on a screen just to see if there's something else mm. um, that the spirit might want to do. And sometimes... Um, that's really obvious and sometimes it's really not and that's fine we just move on if it's if it's not um so yeah Mm. so i think and so as we're you know we're leading these songs we're always just trying to get a sense in the room and i suppose the way i just would describe it for me is like i'm always keeping my eyes open yeah really practically you know we don't need to kind of over intensify the holy spirit and this this the vicar of htb the old vicar of htb sandy miller used to say um a fruit of the spirit is not over intensity Uh, we don't need to be (laughs) over intense and close our eyes and look like we're slightly constipated when we're trying to wait for the holy spirit (laughs) we can just be normal so in leading worship is just like looking around the room say okay what is what what visibly is god doing you know Mm. you just might begin to see different postures in the room or just a sense of peace in one area or area or whatever it is and then allowing space and then um uh just again just trying to go with the gut feel i think that would be the other the other way i'd describe leading by the power of the spirit you just go with the gut feeling and sometimes that feels really natural and obvious and sometimes like i said it can feel really like oh i'm not sure but i'm gonna take a risk here so Um, let me let me ask about that for a second so First Corinthians chapter two talks about this idea of having the mind of Christ mm. yes. and this idea that in our thoughts are God's thoughts yeah. mm. and we yeah. kind of want to tune into those. Yeah. So what is, um, I just am fascinated with that. And it's one of the most exciting things about being alive, isn't it? Mm. That God can yeah. be in our thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Uh, so, and I, and I believe that he's probably been in my thoughts for a long, long, long time Mm. before I really recognized that was him. So as you're in that space, you're standing on stage or you're one-on-one with a friend, but as you're trying to discern Mm -hmm. 
Sometimes it's the gut feeling. Sometimes it's a, a new thought that you have out yeah. of the blue. How are you learning to even just decipher what's my thought, what's God's thought, and the interplay? Mm. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think I'm trying to be, I'm trying to take more risks. Yeah. And um, good. someone gave me, Daniel Strickland gave me some good advice. I said, you know, I want to get better at taking risks in my leading. And she said, well, if you want to take if you want to get better at doing that on the stage, you've got to do it off the stage, really. They they grow in tandem. So so actually, um, you know, that looks like being in a shop and or a store over here and and just saying, OK, Lord, is there anyone you want me to speak to? So we've been in DIY stores before and I've felt a, like Home Depot. Nice. Th- good yeah. translation. Thank, Thank you. you. And yeah. I felt, you know, the Lord say, go and tell that woman that I really love her I mean it sounds so basic and I'm like oh gosh this is so embarrassing and I'll like walk up and down all the aisles like trying to psych myself up to do it but again you know so just doing that stuff and just just seeing what happens so I think yeah for me it just it looks like taking bigger risks and actually the rest is up to the Lord you know I think I I was Mm. quite afraid of taking risks for fear of getting it wrong and then having a negative impact on someone's faith but I felt like the Lord was quite strong with me and he says hang on like I'm big enough for that I can handle that you just walk in obedience and I'll figure it out and I think the truth is with um, the prophetic and I've definitely seen this in practice even with some of the most prophetic people that I know who take big risks is I don't think you can ever be 100% right and we've got to be okay with that you know Mm. a lot of walking in tune with the spirit is letting go of control I don't think the two can coexist and that deeply offends me. You know what I mean? Like I like knowing what's going to happen and being yeah. in control. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so that is a daily. And I think that's, again, the Lord's kindness to me in releasing me from my habits of control. And that he says, no, take a bigger risk. Mm. Go further, go further. Wow, so so that, in, And actually, that's the way that I grow on in the stage. You know, I'm putting my fingers up for a quotation. But um, that's the way that that grows in the stage, just growing in confidence Mm. in the normal stuff oh, that's so good that's I think so good just on that the the litmus test if you like for um how the holy spirit works or how he's speaking is you know the holy spirit always leads us uh into a greater revelation of who jesus is that's right so you know in in all of this stuff whether you it's a conversation in a store or at the school gates or uh, in your office, your workplace, university campus, wherever you are, if you if you have like a fluttering of a butterfly, you know, a sense of oh, maybe God's saying this, maybe the Holy Spirit's leading me into this. Does does whatever you're about to do reveal more of who Christ yes. is? And if if it does, then chances are it's the Holy Spirit, you know. And that can be a very small thing, like like Anna was saying, like you know, Holy Spirit just led me, and I think. The Father just wants to, you know, speak his affirmation over you today and and know that you're loved. Full stop. Goodbye. You know, <laughs> I might not ever see you again. Or it could be, I mean, there's just been some crazy stuff that we've heard. A guy um, uh, who's been with our, us at um, our church uh, for the last season, he's just about to go and plant a church um, uh, in a, another city in England. He, uh, uh crazy story where... Um, Basically, this guy um, gets a prophetic word uh, from from the Holy Spirit where he's led to go and just say to this random woman he's never met. I think it was in a, was it in a store 
street. On the street. Mm. And he just goes up to her and he says, I, I don't really know what this is about. You know, I, I could be wrong, but I'm just getting the words, don't do it. And he explained he was a Christian. Yeah. He, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. But he just says, I just got these words, don't do it. And uh, and then kind of walks away. And she, she slapped him on the face. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> important details. Very important. I might have it's omitted that. Bit. I yeah. might have omitted that to try and encourage people so they <laughs> don't get a slap in the face. Yeah. But no, she slapped him. Okay, mm. that's... Woo, okay. Okay. Um, but that was it. That's... Yeah. And then years later... Sorry, no, that's not it. The best bit's coming, right? Um, years later, uh, two years later... She, sorry, I'm really bad at stories and as much, but you should basically be. Well, you no, should, that's, this is the husband wife duo right this here. Is She's the fact interaction. checking. Yeah. You're, you're, this is what you asked about. Basically, right? how works. Anna's, for those listening, Anna's basically cueing me at every point in the story. She's like putting two fingers up for two years. So, two years later, these uh, this woman and this guy who comes and gives her this prophetic words two years previous meet randomly again. Where was it? Do you know? On the, on the street again, and I think he was walking down the road, and she ran after him and said, yeah. "Hey, you, you, you!" Yeah, gone. And he, she was pushing a pram, and uh, means a, a baby a carriage. Thank Just you. translating. Thank you. Well done. And she said, um, two years ago, you told me don't do it, and I was about to go and have an abortion, and here I am with my two-year-old. Unbelievable. Oh. Woo! I mean, I mean, wow, wow, wow. And that's probably obviously like ten out of ten. Sure. Yeah. But I think just to illustrate, you know, it, it can be the biggest word that anyone's ever received. That's right. And can lead them into a great re- revelation of who Jesus is. It could be the smallest thing. And, yeah. and likewise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I had this period of my life when I was in Bible college and I was trying to pray and I would do these prayer walks so I wouldn't fall asleep. And I sensed God telling me to pick up trash right. on this city block. Mm. And so I did it. And at first I thought it was about cleaning up the neighborhood. And then I realized he was preparing me for the next ask, mm. which was then seeing someone asking for money, give them what, it, give them something, give them what you have. You have a sandwich, give them half. Yep. I was like, okay. And then after that, it was, okay, now you've been faithful in these things. Next step is go exactly. tell this person, right. go ask exactly. this person. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 so yeah. It, it, if you are sensing, mm. you know, yeah. hey, pick up trash or whatever, and it, that's part of yeah. developing that muscle. Yes. And it's part of the um, learning to hear the voice, learning Absolutely. to hear the flutter. And yeah. he, he's kind. The Holy Spirit's not mean. So good. So he knows where we're at. And so it's like so often, like you've just described, it's baby steps. Mm. But he knows he knows how to lead us. Mm. That's so good. Mm. Okay, so we're going to shift gears just a little bit here. Mm. If you were to speak to a young leader, a young man or woman in their church coming Mm. from maybe a more conservative Bible background, but they are excited about the Holy Spirit, Mm. yet maybe not the entire church is excited yet, and functionally in their small groups, Mm. in their Sunday gatherings in their leader meetings, they're mm. praying, but maybe don't know how to hear from yeah. spirit or what would you say to them? What would be helpful? How would you encourage them? Oh, should I go first? Yeah. Okay. Um, I just think it's, it's amazing. And so first off, thumbs up, go for it. Mm. Um, I think the, the key, I mean, the key to life, the spirit brings life. So yeah. actually learning to hear the voice of the Lord and the voice of the Holy Spirit is everything. It's, it's everything. Um, it's the key to life. 
And so a really practical way of learning to do that is um, I used to do this journaling thing where um, I I wouldn't actually write down what had happened in the day, which is another way of journaling, which is absolutely amazing, like processing everything that's gone on. But actually, I would just pray, come Holy Spirit, what are you saying? And then I would just write, okay? Oh, someone's stomach. Wow, that was my stomach. Did you get that? I've just been to hot coffee and had avocado toast. (laughs) And my stomach's like, "Mm, I'm enjoying that. That was the spirit. Just be blessed on this podcast. (laughs) Grown grown to the spirit. Um, (laughs) Too deep for words. Um, so and then and then I would just write and actually write the first thing that came into my head and you know I'd just carry on and it, it would just again the lens is Lord what are you saying to me or what do you think of me that's a good mm. question what do you wow. think of me and then just write mm. what are you saying to me and then just write and you know when I would be writing it I'd be thinking this is just rubbish this is just me whatever and kind of do it and pray and finish whatever but I would read back over it and be like, oh, my gosh, that was not me. Like, that was really profound. Um, so that's a great way to practice hearing the voice of the Lord mm. practically. And then I think there's different ways of of speaking life that aren't overtly Holy Spirit. Like, you, do, you don't need to go up to someone and say, thus saith the Lord, you know. As a matter of fact, this. please don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. But prophesying you know i had i have a friend and she's a school teacher and um she when it was a child's birthday she would make them stand up and she would get every other child in the room to say the the things that they love most about that child okay and what and essentially that's prophesying she was getting yes. the other children mm. in the class to speak life into that person and what she found is as she did it is they would kind of play off each other and you know some would say I think you're really brave and then another kid would be like yeah and actually I think in 10 years time you're going to do this and so essentially these kids are prophesying without knowing it hmm. it's bringing life speaking life so in in any conversation if you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're in your private place being hmm. um, getting to know his voice more and more you will find that when you're in conversations that you just get this stirring of wanting to speak life and that is what the spirit does. But yeah. it doesn't need to be overtly, I am prophesying, you know. Um, and then just pray. Oh, just praying so for, you know, prayer is hugely powerful and something we're really rediscovering again at our in our context that it just undergirds everything. Mm. So we can't force this stuff. And mm. I've tried to do that before. Just FYI, it doesn't work. Um, we've all tried that. Yeah, yeah, we've all tried that. The Lord's so, like, no, I don't need that. I yeah, got this. Buddy. Yeah, exactly. I think it's like starting small as well, you know. So, um, you know, inviting your, your kind of key leaders into something, you know, um, we've we've definitely been struck by this whole thing around like the meeting before the meeting. Yes. So there's a great um, book by this guy, Jim Simbala, um, who uh, is in New York. You guys probably read it, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Yeah, it's great. And uh, he talks about, you know, um, the power of the small gathering before the big gathering and and how um, just that invitational thing, you know, the oldest prayer in the the Bible is come Holy Spirit and the oldest um, prayer in the church, you know, and... um, I think inviting people into that safe space of we're not going to just go kind of crazy in our large gatherings on that, but but start in a safe space of like, let's just invite him to uh, walk amongst us in this room, yeah, um, and and kind of be okay with that. And I think that's the other thing. Like, if you're okay with 
if you're okay with Jesus and Jesus is saying, I'm going to send someone better than me, then mm -hmm. we've got to be okay with the spirit. I mean, come on, you know. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and that whole thing of getting to know him, you know, when you get to know him, you, you realize he's kind and compassionate and he, he's not a force that will make us do stuff. And I think that is often the misconception of, um, mm. of who the Holy Spirit is, that he's some kind of force and that he's going to push people over and all of that stuff. And it's like, no, he's, he's kind, he's gentle. Yeah. He's, he's strong. Yeah. But, um, he will never, uh, lead you into something that doesn't reflect the nature of Christ, you know, yeah. and, and that's, I think, something to really engage with as leaders. It's like, how can we communicate that to our churches, to our leaders? Um, and then just, just going for it, you know, like you have to step out, you have to put one foot in front of the other with this stuff and, um, and begin to, uh, I suppose, risk, um, reputation, risk, all of that stuff, you know, I, I think, um, John Wimber, who was um, so key in all of this, you know, founder of the Vineyard Movement and um, someone we look to a, a lot uh, in this stuff, he had this little phrase, you know, it's neat and tidy in the graveyard, but alive and messy in the nursery. Yeah. And there's something about, you know, if we want our churches to be life-giving communities and gatherings and fuel the life of the city, then we need to be inviting the Holy Spirit to bring his life and yeah. his Mm. Um, fresh, uh, you know, breath of God. And being okay with a little bit of mess. Yeah. Yeah, the stepping I, out and risk. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, what's the worst can, that can happen? You know? That's right. Nobody's no, going to die. Exactly. No. And, exactly. Um, you know, even like a practical example, last night we were leading worship at, you know, your conference and yeah. um, we probably left like an unusual, unusually um, long time of kind of silence. Mm. And often... I wanted to actually ask you about that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. continue. Yeah. Some, what were you thinking? What were you experiencing? It's just a number of factors. Like sometimes it can be we're just in this kind of holy moment of reverence. Like we're actually, we don't want to play any music. We want to just rest in the sweet presence of God, you know, and, and just be attentive to just that encounter that doesn't need anything else, doesn't require anything of us, but just to be. And, you know, I don't know if you're intentional about this or not, but think about the fast-paced digital age. Yeah. We're constantly listening to podcast yeah. or music or Instagram. each other talk. Yeah, so that's actually a beautiful space where we're just quiet before God. Yeah. And in a room full of people, it's powerful to be quiet with one another Absolutely. and invite God yeah. into that yeah. space. And, and you can almost, you can almost hear the silence. Like you can, you can hear someone breathing next to you. It's like, okay, what's God doing there? You know, and then probably after like, because it feels like an age, right? But it's probably like two, three minutes. Um, this guy just raised up a prayer, right? And whatever you think of the prayer, like where, is it correct theologically? Is it biblical? Whatever. Whatever. Um, in that moment for me, what's the, the most important thing? Um, unless it's heretical, right? But it wasn't. It was, it was this prayer he was talking about, um, essentially the presence of God. And he used language around fire and stuff. Um, but for me in that moment, what you're modeling is like, we're okay with us leading each other. Wow. You know, and we're okay with the risk of, yeah, but what if the prayer that he's just prayed means the world to one person in the room wow. we could have missed that 
if we've just gone to the next song or we've just gone with our norm, with the default. And so I think that's something that we're trying to press into is, you know, we believe in 1 Peter 3, you know, the royal priesthood of believers. We believe that um, we're in this together, that we need each other, you know, and that actually there could be um, there could be one word in the room that would be life-changing for someone or for many people. And I think that if we can tap into um, that desire of the Holy Spirit, that he's living, breathing presence amongst us, um, I think that would totally change the way that we do our like church meetings. You know, Planning Center, we, we use Planning Center. It's great, great tool. But if we're just going through a structure in our gatherings, then so quickly you you become it becomes a program becomes an event, um, and we at Gastry our church back home we try and do this thing um, every gathering where we're like what's going to be the um, like the X factor moment the curveball the curveball curve sorry nice. like what's the one thing where people are going to be like oh I wasn't expecting that you know just to like keep it uh fresh keep it, yeah, yeah keep people on their toes yeah. and, and to me like last night when when that happened it was like okay i wasn't expecting that and it's made me think and i think there's something around that discipleship of how are we helping people in the discipling of what it means to engage with the holy spirit so let me ask another uh, kind of practical question around that mm. if you are a pastor a worship leader and you're planning a set and you're planning your sunday gathering and Maybe let's pretend you're coming from a context where there isn't a mm. space for ministry yeah. time. There isn't a space to just be quiet and listen to the Holy Spirit yep. or for sharing words or any of that. It's pretty much programmed through every minute it's mm-hmm. accounted for. Yep. How would you begin to work with that? Mm. Mm. Yeah, and and we've been in contexts like that where things, you know, where there's been live links and things that you have to do things to time for. So that's all good. And, um, you know, the Holy Spirit can show up in two minutes or 30 minutes, whatever. So I think I would um, I would suggest maybe planning one less song in your set list and, um, and leaving some space in your set. And what you might want to just say, especially if you're trying to take people on a journey, um, is just explain. So you might say something like, hey, you know, we're just going to play around these chords. It's not that I've forgotten what's next, but we just want to allow a space for the Holy Spirit to move. So just... And what you're doing in that is just giving people permission to stay engaged. So some people will know exactly what to do in that space. And some people are like, oh, my gosh, what are they doing? They've forgotten the words, whatever. So you're just giving permission for everyone to stay present in that Mm -hmm. moment. And then and then I think so we talk about the pastor and the prophet a lot. So in worship leading, you're always doing that. So you're trying to push people forward into a new space, but you're also trying to shepherd them there with you. So in that moment, you're making space you're explaining the space and actually explaining is mm. really key but maybe we'll come on to that in a second yeah. and then when you feel like okay we've had enough space now um you know just leading people out of that maybe with a tag that everyone knows again just to draw everyone back in together that's like a really practical way mm. of it's doing things really helpful um, that's super helpful so, yeah. yeah yeah we you know um we were trying to press more into this a while back and you know we realized um particularly in morning gatherings when they're uh, a bit shorter. we Time know, constraint. Yeah, back-to-back yeah. gatherings yep. for, for whatever reasons. Um, 
we had like a 20 minute block of worship up front and we were like packing it with four songs, you know, and we're like, ah, oh, we're just feeling like we're just going through the motions, you know, and like Anna said, we just decided to make that practical step. Again, all after this thing of we want to make sure that we're trying to be in step with the Holy Spirit rather than just our own earthly plans. Um, so I think that that was key. But then I think um, really it's trying to, um, something that Anna touched on, you know, this encounter with explanation. So even like the gathering leader uh, right at the start of the meeting would say, this is what we're going to be doing, you know, and and it, then even in those moments of space, just trying to like explain what's going on and make people feel like, no, this is okay. We like the Holy Spirit's, he's here. Everything's going to be okay. Um, you know, if you're not used to it, engage at any level you want. So just really making people feel at ease in amongst the like unknown nature of anything could happen. And I think that's the like amazing thing about the Holy Spirit is like when the more open you are to him, you're just you're just agreeing, right? You're just coming under the um, under the authority of heaven. You're you're agreeing with what the Holy Spirit is going to be doing. Yeah. And you're you're praying your kingdom come, like whatever that looks like. I really appreciate that idea of um, explanation, mm. especially yeah. in a new context so where key. people were like, hey, wait, what are we doing here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, why are we not singing? Yeah. Why are, you know, yeah, why yeah, are we yeah, being yeah. silent? Yeah. Yeah. So um, explaining yeah. Yeah. all of that. Yeah. And I heard uh, Mike Pilavachi talk about that when, you know, there was times where the Spirit of God was moving and people were weeping. Yeah. Mm. And he would just simply explain, hey, sometimes when God comes and there's, um, joy, it erupts in, you know, weeping like this, or sometimes it's exposing pain. And just even if there's something that's like, whoa, we don't know what's happening here, yeah. having the ability to just kind of mm-hmm. guide through that process. Mm-hmm. Hey, this it's is really normal. Key. This is what Absolutely. God's doing. Yeah. That's and really that, helpful. That's um, the whole pastor prophet thing that Anna talked about is, you know, the pastor sees where people are at and kind of feeds into that. Yeah. Right. And, and kind of sits in that moment and, um, yeah, really pastors and disciples there. But but also I think there's this other, they're like two tracks that are running alongside each other. The past, uh, the prophet um, track is, yeah, but, um, you know, the Holy Spirit wants to move us into greater freedom, greater life. And and so we're, we're going here, like we're moving forward into this, you know, and um, it, I suppose it's just thinking about those two things, like um, how we how are we kind of going after the things of God in in both the pastoral element of this is where our church are at right now, yep. but also like, yeah, but we don't want to just stay there. We know that God's like got so much more in store for us. And I think this is maybe f- for, for the church globally is like how do we st- uh, uh, stop ourselves from getting too planned and programmed? That's right. Um, and actually... Uh, acknowledging that the thing that marks us out from anything else, any other faith, any rock concert, any gig, any show, is the Holy Spirit. He is the X factor. He's the change element. He's the person who moves us into greater freedom, greater life. And so, like, without him, we're actually stuffed. Yeah. You know, (laughs) is what we say in the UK. I don't know where that translates to the US. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's also just important to say that, the you know, being prophetic is is about the right thing in in the right moment, mm. actually. And so um, the reason we go after the space thing is because of what you touched on earlier, is we're in a consumerist yeah. 
society where it's all like tell me what's next give me information da, da, da. so i feel like our response to that is no 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 space we need to engage with that but that's not to say that the, the sometimes the most prophetic thing you can you can do is sing three songs back to back you know it's important to acknowledge that so mm. yeah i just want to say that i love that yeah that's cuz there's no formula one yeah. way exactly. or the other exactly. yeah. wonderful hey th- i think we've hit on some super important and just really, really helpful topics. So just as we kind of are winding down our time, um, what are some things that you're sensing that you would say, like, do you have a a sense of what you would say to us as leaders at Bridgetown Mm -hmm. or to Portland, or even maybe a sense for what you see West Coast in the States? Mm -hmm. What would you guys, anything that you'd like to share or encouragement, a word? Well, I'll I'll go first and you land it. Um, (laughs) We were, uh, yesterday or the day before, we were walking through Laurelhurst Park and I shared this picture um, at the pre-gathering prayer before the conference. But um, And, you know, amaze it for those not from Portland or have been to the park. You know, just beautiful, small kind of park, but, you know, amazing, really, really tall trees. There's like a small lake in the middle. It was raining. It was like classic portlandia vibes you know yes um had my red wings on it was just a picture of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> i was embracing the portland lifestyle good, good. um on my way to get some coffee uh and um i just felt as we were walking through the park you know god was going to speak to me and um again it wasn't like a flash of lightning or you know bowled over by the presence of god just walking through a park you know very natural um normal and um, got to the middle of the park and was just really struck as we were walking past this generator. And, um, you know, it was raining, so it was like kind of this quiet kind of patter, you know, the sound of rain. And and then suddenly I'm struck by this generator in the middle of this park. And, um, and then my eye was drawn to where the sound was coming from, saw this kind of grey, gnarly-looking thing, you know. And um, I felt like the Holy Spirit really said in that moment that uh, it's kind of a picture of this region um, and definitely applies to, you know, globally where we're at. But um, maybe this helps someone listening as well is that so often everything looks great on the outside. Yeah. You know, it's beautiful. Uh, we've got, uh, as we say in England, all our ducks in a row, you know, like uh, just everything feels good. You know, we're maybe... Um, on the outside, um, we're we're good, we're fine. But actually, on the inside, there's this like rumble. There's a uh, uh, maybe a dissatisfaction, um, maybe a, a yearning, um, uh, maybe a disagreement, a kind of something going on in the inside that doesn't actually portray. Um, uh, it, actually, if you kind of kind of going to dig in that's that's how you're feeling yeah um but on the outside it's like no i'm good and i think what i've observed maybe in the portland area and you know we we love listening to this cultural moment uh shout out to that podcast recorded in this very room um you know we 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 definitely sense that stuff in the uk it's like um not everything is good you know and um you know all the stuff that's going on brexit at the moment in uk and europe like there's clearly a dissatisfaction with the status quo and i think some of uh, what the holy spirit is saying is like 
why don't you engage with that stuff and invite my presence into that and invite my voice um to speak the words of christ like what you know where where is he leading us to in all of this yeah so yeah i think that that's probably our sense well my sense for for this thank you yeah it's great um i feel you know just praying about your community and i think you know the the beauty of this stuff is we have to take personal ownership for our own walks with the Lord and, and the Holy Spirit at work in our day-to-day lives. But what does that look like as a church corporately as well? Mm. And, you know, for us at Gastry, that's the two tracks run alongside each other. And I think what we've discovered is the Lord is kind enough to use what's in our hands. So yeah. at the moment, we're trying to risk more with worship and take it out on the streets and, yeah, all that sort of stuff. Anyway, I love it. But what I, what I felt in praying for you guys is that, you know, this community is is so faithful. It's just such a faithful um, community of people who are seeking after the Lord in, in spirit and in truth. You know, the, tr- the, the truth is very um, important for you guys and mm. um, and very beautiful in its expression. And um, mm. But also the deeper undercurrent that I, that I see um, below the surface, it, there's a, a deep kindness in your community, mm. very kind um people who uh and and i and i wondered if there might be a new supernatural level of kindness for you guys to express as a community and i don't know what that would look like you know even you mentioning about picking up trash you know what is it that's in your hands and if and, Mm. and if a leaning towards kindness um is something that's in your hands how can you take that to the next level how can you hand that to the Holy Spirit and say, okay, what does it look like for us to give ourselves away even more radically for the sake of our mm. community and our city? So, yeah, that's mm. something that I sense. That's that beautiful. Be that resonates really deeply. Mm. Cool. Well, thank you, Luke, Anna, Hellebronth. Thank Woo! you. It's thank been a pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> so much. Honor for us. And I just believe that the words that have been spoken here together, uh, they've been very helpful for me, but I believe they're going to help many, many others. So thank Mm. you in advance for that. Thank you. And may I conclude by just praying that ancient prayer of the church, come Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Amen.